Hello and welcome to Miles Ahead. I'm Miles. And I'm Bradley. And today we're going to be talking about Wonder Woman 1984. Set in the year 1984, Diana must contend with a work colleague slash businessman whose desire for extreme wealth sends the world down a destructive path after an ancient artefact that grants wishes goes missing. Wonder Woman 2 is an entertaining sequel, <laughs> however, it can be extremely lacklustre at times. So, Brads, what did you like the movie? Yes, I did. Um, I liked the way it was written and um, the uh, photography stuff was quite good. Uh, the shots were quite good, but it just felt a little bit cheesy for me. Do you want to elaborate on that? So, it's obviously set in 1984, and they kind of used the um, style of like an 80s kind of film or TV show, so it's quite like edgy, quite cheesy, and I felt like they had too much of that in the film. Okay, that's a, yeah, I think I agree with you there. I think aesthetic-wise, yeah, I get why it's there, because if you look at... <coughs> 80s commercials on like YouTube, you know, they're quite cheesy, a bit, you know, very outdated by now standards. And I don't know if this really helped in the movie's uh, execution because it made it look a bit silly. It's a shame, really, because it had a quite nice story and it was filmed quite well. And it, it, it was a nice film, it was a nice sequel, but. I don't think this was better than the first one. Oh yeah, I agree with you there. It's not because the first one Woman was a very good. You had to remember that when the first one Woman came out, when DC started to make like films that were part of a bigger universe like Marvel, you know they weren't very well received. I mean, like Batman v Superman, Man of Steel, you know they weren't very good. And then Wonder Woman came out, and everyone thought that was going to be rubbish, and it wasn't. Everyone was surprised, and it did really well in the box office. And so, yeah, I thought they'd do another thing. Although DC's been up, got better since. You know, I thought they could try. It felt like they were going to try again with Wonder Woman, but they didn't. And it's a bit of a shame because, yeah, as you said, it's got a good story to it. The colours are good. The cinematography is good. But it's just there was something missing that wasn't there that from the first, that wasn't in the second. I don't know what it was, but it just wasn't the same. No. Um, but if this is... I mean... I, the, the story... Let's talk about the story. So the story was quite good, I thought. It was a yeah, little bit... It was fun. It, it was a little bit different to obviously uh, the First World War kind of setting in the uh, first Wonder Woman uh, movie. But, I mean, I liked how this kind of had a different feeling because the last movie was all kind of dark and gloomy and this one was like quite bright and yeah. lots of colours. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's definitely colour-wise, there's a big contrast between the first and the second. I mean, I felt like that that um, added to the overall kind of feel to the movie. But um, I just feel like this, it was kind of slow going. Um, yeah, I guess, well, all starts are quite slow because, you know, I said introduce the story beats and stuff like that. But I don't know if I'd say it was slow. I think it was okay paced, to be fair. But it, it wasn't, like, really, really, really slow, like uh, Doctor Who that we reviewed the other the other week. Um, but I just felt like they could have... N- not necessarily cut out bits, but maybe made some bits smaller. Yeah, I think it was probably too long for what they were <clears throat> trying to achieve. Yeah, I'm not. Sh- what bits would you cut out without giving anything away? I'm not really sure. Maybe the sort of this party that they that Diana went to with Christine Wig and uh, uh, Pedro. Pesco, Pascal. Pascal. Well, that was kind of a important scene, don't you think? Because I introduced um, or reintroduced uh, Steve Trevor, played once again by Chris Pine. Yeah, I mean, I think it's integral for the uh, for the script, but I just feel like they could have made it shorter. I felt like it was too long. It, it would drag. Too, uh, it was dragged out too long. Oh, that's fair. It's a fair um, point. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I quite like this that scene because it's quite. It points out two very important plot beats about reintroducing Steve and obviously the bad guy um, Max Lord, played by Pedro Pascal, takes the uh, well, you know. The ancient artifact. I, the the thing that I liked about this movie was you kind of saw more of uh, Diana's kind of background. Oh yeah, the beginning, the, the games or whatever. <clears throat> yeah, I mean I like that, and I mean to be honest, I like any movie that has that has this background and shows it off. Mm. But I feel as if they could have maybe shortened it down a little bit. I don't think they need to just shorten it down. I think the problem is, because obviously there was obviously some type of message that Diana needed to learn during the end of the movie. I think she learned it, but I wasn't really clear what that message was that she needed to learn. No, and I feel like that maybe because the film was a little bit too long and there were quite a there was quite a lot going in it like there was a lot in the script what do you mean by that well you had the uh, Christine Wig who's also the villain oh yeah in the end uh, but we don't actually see that until the end mm-hmm. and then well you sort of see a transition over the, the course of the film yeah, she she only transitions because she makes a wish wishing that she was more like Diana. Um but Diana, sorry. Um 
But I feel as if they could have maybe had it more as if she is growing to this power and she likes the power rather than she just now has this power and she's now using it for the wrong reasons. Yeah, I get what you mean. I think the whole the um, cheat the whole cheetah for you. I felt I could have done better with uh, just by Kristen Wick, who's usually a comedian. She usually does a Saturday Night Live. Uh, I felt she did quite good in this film. I just don't think. She, yeah, I think I agree. She didn't have much to do with the film, so she didn't have much material to act on. Yeah, I I felt like. With all the characters, it was more like, <clears throat> I mean, let I mean, we know about Diana and uh, Chris Pine character Steve, and uh, we 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 know about them because of the last film, mm. but then these other characters are like just there, and there's like no real lead up to showing them how they're that bad or why they want these things like. Pedro Pascal's, uh, or Max Lord, um, I mean, he wants this Asian artifact, but we don't really know why. I think it was kind of obvious. I mean, yeah, power and everything, but we don't actually know why he wanted it. I mean, yeah, we do. They showed a whole flashback about his childhood near the end of the movie. Yeah, that's near the end of the movie. <laughs> and that's his motivation. He wanted a better life for himself. Wasn't it for his son? No, it's for himself. But then he realises at the very end that he's been selfish. That's why he goes back to his son at the end. Yeah, but... <clears throat> I feel like most of the characters were just there for the sake of being in, in, the, in the film. sake of being in the script. I don't think I agree with that. Uh, I mean, let's talk about the villain Max Lord, or the main villain... I felt Pedro did a really uh, good performance. I think I quite like the idea he got... As he got more desperate, he became more mad. More crazy. And I felt he, he obviously enjoyed it because he was... He acted a bit... Like, you know, he was a bit camp. A bit like an 80s style kind of thing. Yeah, I think he really enjoyed it. And I felt it really paid off for him. Yeah, I mean, I liked it. <coughs> I mean, he... He did well, but I feel like he was just there for the sake of being a villain. I don't agree with that. I think he was. He might not be the best like, villain ever, but I felt he did a he did a good performance, and I think it carried the movie personally. Yeah, I mean, let, let's talk about the other uh, villain or uh, Diane's work colleague. Uh, so Christine Wig, uh, oh, she yeah. played Ma Minerva. Barbara Minerva. Or Minerva. Barbara Minerva. Uh, yeah. Uh, who's the but Cheetah? Who's in the comics is one of sort of like the recurring. Uh, you know, like Superman's got Lex Luthor, Batman's got the Joker, Wonder Woman's got Cheetah. So that kind of villain, and I felt, yeah, as I said before, I. She didn't have much to work on. I felt she did a good... Kristen did a good performance. Uh, and I, I like the uh, the end cheetah design at the very end. I felt that was quite good. I felt I remember seeing it in one of the trailers and thought, 
it looks okay, but you had to sort of judge it by the movie because I felt you know, it looked very good. I quite liked it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like some of the bits were just added into the script for the sake of nostalgia. And like, like, um, like Wonder Woman's suit when she battles Cheetah in the, like, oh, the last yeah, scene. Yeah. She just magically somehow has a story about this armour that we never knew about before. And is it in the script, uh, the uh, comics? I believe it is, but I don't know if what you just said is t- entirely fair, to be fair. Because you saw she had it in her apartment. And did we though? We didn't actually see it until like well, we saw the, the end. We, we saw the wings or one of the wings of the armor, so we knew that she had something. And so it's not like she just had put it on in thin air or built it herself. You know, she had it. There was a whole story behind this lost Amazonian um, warrior who is played by a certain uh, actress who played one of them before. Not gonna spoil it, but I probably did. Uh, there at the very end. Um, I mean, yeah, I felt the armor was quite good. I get what you mean. It was sort of for an end, like third act type of suit. It didn't really do much. Yeah, I mean, it just magically appeared, and it's magically. I wouldn't say magically. It not not magically appeared, but it it, it magically becomes useful. Like, we we didn't actually know what it was. We knew it might be something, but we didn't actually know what it was. And then it just becomes useful in, like, the last bit. Right, okay. I think you were... I think you need to watch the film again, personally, but... Okay. No, I mean, like... In the first film, she doesn't have it. But magically like yeah but in the first she said she's tried if you remember the film she said she tried to find the warrior but she couldn't so she found the armor somewhere so yeah she didn't have it in the first movie because well she didn't know where it was yeah but how come she knows where it is (laughs) because she found it watch the movie again I think you need to watch it again (laughs) Um, okay, yeah, I see what you're saying, but I, I just don't see how the armour even helped in the end anyway, because Cheetah just basically tore it apart. Well, she tore the wings off, but yeah, I see what, I see what you mean, for, it wasn't used as much as it could have been. Because I remember the posters, it was all that, the gold armour. And yet it was only there for, what, a total of probably five minutes. I see what you mean. But at the same time, you know, it's quite a nice suit. It'll probably turn up in a future DC movie or Wonder Woman 3. So, yeah, it's not like it's been totally wasted. No. Um, so, let's move on to when we get in, well, Let's go back rather when we get introduced to uh, Chris Pine's character again. Uh, so they're at this party and Diana bumps into this man who keeps following her. I mean, don't spoil it. Come on. 
<laughs> he's not really. I mean, he's a bit of a spoiler. <clears throat> and he's kind of like a different person. Okay, don't listen to me. That's fine. <laughs> I don't really sure how to explain it. Otherwise, well, don't explain it until just say the party. <laughs> it's a bit confusing when we first meet him. Yeah. Okay. That's a that's a better hint. But you probably still spoiled it. Shh. Right, uh, so yeah, I mean, it was good to see him back, you know, but I felt his character didn't really do much. You know, he was sort of there as a love interest, but yeah, I mean, he didn't, that he didn't really do much, he just got kicked around a lot. Yeah, I mean, that that's why I'm saying some of the characters are just there for the sake of being there. I think more him was there for the sake of being there, but otherwise, I think. No, I think everyone sort of we understood their motivation. Just because it's confused. Because although Steve didn't need to be there, he was sort of Diana or Wonder Woman's uh, motivation throughout the film. Is he going to turn up in the next film? I mean, I don't know. I mean, nothing's confirmed apart from that. Number three's happening. Directed again by Patty Jenkins, who did this one and the last one. Uh, so, maybe, I guess we'll see. He might turn up in some form, probably not as big as a role as he did in this one, but, I mean, I don't know, we'll have to see, won't we? Is Gal Gadot coming back as Wonder Woman in, uh, uh, Justice League or something? Um, well, as you know, they are doing a... So if you remember Justice League, the original, the, the cinema one. So obviously that was direct, originally directed by the uh, director of the Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, Zack Snyder. But shamefully he had a, I won't go fully into it, but family issues. And he was, so they sort of, Warner Brothers sort of did a naughty thing and sort of fired him off the production. And they, Put Josh um, Whedon or Wenden, however you want to call it, uh, as a replacement, which should have, which could have worked, but he sort of he reshot, I think, most of the movie, and it didn't suit it color-wise, story-wise. It was a bit silly, and yeah, so it became a flop for Warner Brothers, and yeah, I mean, I think Aquaman could have been slightly cancelled, and it didn't. So yeah. And they are for HBO Max, which is Warner Brothers streaming service in the US at the moment. I don't know if we've got a UK release at the, some point. They are doing a Zack Snyder version where all the cast is coming back. And so it's his vision of the film. I believe it's going to be four hours. So I think he's put it as a TV series because he's put like four episodes for an like hour an episode. So yeah. That is coming out, I think, for summer this year. Uh, okay, so should we move back to Wonder Woman, uh, to the scoring? So we we watched Wonder Woman on Amazon Prime Video. It's, yes. Uh, you can pay for it on Amazon Prime Video if you have an Amazon Prime account. Uh, I mean, what would you rate it, Miles? Um... I mean, I like 
the film, I like the look. I feel like the sh- the story was good. Some the action was quite good. The score by Han Han Zimmer, who returned for the to do it, because um, he he hasn't done a Wonder Woman thing, but he's done a past DC films. Um, yeah, I think I give it. I think it's just as I said, it was quite lackluster. The action scenes were quite lackluster. I know I haven't talked about them that much. There's what there was a whole scene in Egypt which I felt was quite boring. Um, yeah, I think I'd give it about I think five, five out of ten. I think it could have been better. I was quite disappointed. I'll give it a six because I mean I liked it, but I just felt like it could have been improved quite a bit. You know, there was still much room for improvement, I yeah. thought. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But anyway, on that note, you've been listening to Miles Ahead. Catch you next time.